Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. What's on my heart? What God's placed in my heart? So, yeah, as Richard said, I'm, I'm, I've been a bit under the weather today, and it came out of nowhere. And it's funny because the exact same thing happened the last time I preached. It's such a funny little coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> such an uh, yeah, such an attack. Um, the devil really doesn't like the message that I'm gonna gonna preach. He really doesn't like it. Um, last time I, I, I spoke about the gospel from and, and emphasized um, righteousness as a gift, and not by works. And and tonight I'm gonna preach a similar a similar message. And it's it's <clears throat> it's a grace gospel. It's the gospel that that Paul the apostle preached, and it's a gospel that he was very passionate about. Um, it's good news, so you can be happy tonight. I want a lot of response tonight. I need my energy to be kept up by you guys, if you don't mind. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. That's it. You know, do you know that when, that when you respond vocally, there's something in, in, in your spirit that's, that raises your faith? Do you know that? I think as a, as a hillside family, that's a culture we can, we can, um, we can work on a little bit, um, is response. And Richard says yes. So... Just because Richard's composed when he's up front doesn't mean he doesn't need some, some standing, standing ovations for, for a good point. <laughs> so he says amen. <laughs> so that's a little aside. So yeah, this is the most important message there is. It's the foundation and sense of Christianity. Um, it's a message that it burns on my heart, truly. It's my source of joy. It's what I live for. And uh, I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, I hope that some of you are hearing it for the first time. But if you're not, then that's also just as cool because if you're hearing it the thousandth time, it's a privilege to hear it. And if you're hearing it for the thousandth time, I pray that you'll hear it a thousand more times because this good news, it, it has power, it affirms your identity, it gives you purpose, it fills you with joy, it gives you freedom, it helps you to realize your freedom and, and breaks off chains in your mind. Yeah, and... Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a bit weak today, but this is I think it's a bit it's a little bit appropriate in in some ways, and that's because in in this this grace message in this gospel message, it's all about our weakness and in how our and how in our weakness He is strong, and so tonight in, in my weakness, God's going to give me strength. I trust, and the Holy Spirit's going to fill me as I speak, and I'm going to be running around a little bit. I've got two pieces of tape here. I think that's. That's uh, Ian and Luke just prepping me for a lot of movement, a lot of running around tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, the devil hates this message, as I said. The, dev- the devil and his, and his cronies, the demons, they're squatters on earth. I, I'm angry at them. I'm serious. I get more and more angry with them. They're disobedient. They're trying to disrupt God's work. And that's even though they know they've already been defeated, they're just trying to disrupt. So... I'm going to push through tonight, and I believe it's going to have power. There's going to be power in, in, in what I have to say, not, not because of me, but because of, of God's power. Can I pray? So God, I pray that, that tonight you'll give us a deep revelation and an understanding of the gospel, a greater understanding of who you are, God the Father, and of our sonship, and of how amazing your love is for us. I pray that that chains will break off with this message. 
I pray that, that legalism and, and, and law and the, the, the yoke of the law will be broken in, in people's minds tonight, that they will realize their true identity, just how finished the, the, the work of the cross is. In the name of Jesus. So I'm gonna, we're going to go to Galatians 5, if that's okay. I'm going to read quite a bit of the Bible tonight. <laughs> the Bible's a good one, hey? <laughs> okay. Put your hand up if you're not ready. <laughs> you're not ready. You're not even on your seat. <laughs> okay, Galatians 5, verse 1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. So it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Especially that last little, the last little line, just a sneaky little Paul remark. Not, yeah. Paul, yeah. Paul didn't mind to to offend people with what he said, did he? <laughs> so what are we talking about? We're talking about circumcision. That's a bit seems a bit odd, hey, a little bit. So. When we talk about circumcision in this case, we, we, it's, it's, um, it's a reference to the law. And so we know that, that that was the, in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, God gave people, the, the, the Jews, the law to follow and to um, obey. And if they obeyed it, they were right with God and they, they had God's favor. <clears throat> and if they didn't obey it, they had to, they had to do animal sacrifices to tide over um, yeah, to, to tie them over because they had nothing to, to um, pay for their sins. And, um, okay, so we'll, we'll get back to that. So Paul here says, don't submit again to a, to a yoke of slavery. So what's he talking about? And uh, this is what he's talking about. We were once slaves to sin. We were slaves to the law. And we had no power over it. And I'm sure you've been in this place in your life before where you've, been desperate to, to not sin, and you, you really don't want to sin, and it's almost like you can't help yourself, and that's because if, you, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, you can't help yourself. <laughs> you can't do it because you have a sin nature if you're not born again. You're born into sin. You're born as a, as a slave to sin. You have chains on you. You have bondage on you, and so this message of the gospel is that, that we've been set free from that, that, that Jesus has died to take away those chains. He has died and he's, he's been 
he's been born again on, on, on the third day. It's that, that's the same as us. We died on the cross with Christ, and, we on, and we're born again into a brand new creation. Our old man is dead. Do you know that? Our sin nature is dead. And so those chains have been taken off us. So Paul's saying, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. He's saying, don't go back to the law. Don't go back to trying to do this in your, in your own might. Don't go back to, yeah, to trying to fulfill the law on your own because you can't do it. It's, it's slavery. It's a yoke that's, that's it's unbearable. He says, look, I, Paul, say to you, if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. And he's not just talking about circumcision. He's talking about the law. Circumcision was one part of the law that you had to be circumcised at, you know, if you weren't circumcised, you were unclean. And uh, he's, he's saying, even if you just accept one part of the law, just accept one thing to do that, that is in your own strength, that, that, adds to the, that adds to the cross, that says, what Jesus did is not quite enough. I just have to do one more thing, just, just a few more things, and then I'll be fine with God, and then I'll have God's favor, and then I'll be God's son. Start running. <laughs> he's saying, even if you just do one thing, Christ is of no advantage to you. Do you understand how severe this is? And I, and I, I think the, the reason why I'm preaching this tonight is because it's so easy to go back to that yoke. It's so easy to go back to that bondage. We don't even realize it sometimes. We're going back into slavery. We're choosing to put ourselves back in the law when we've been justified by grace alone through faith. He says, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. If you just try and do one thing, you must do the whole thing. If you want to do it in your strength, do the whole thing in your strength. You are severed from Christ if you do this. The, the power of, of, Jesus and of, of what Jesus has done in your life is severed. You who would be justified by the law, you are severed from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. So and it goes on and says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything in Christ Jesus, but only faith working through love. And he's talking to the Galatians, the, the church in Galatians here. He's saying, you were running well. I preached this message to you. When did I tell you you need, to, you need to keep some of the law? You were running well. Who hindered you? In other words, someone's come into the picture. Someone's come in and brought legalism. They've brought back the law. They've, they've lied to this, to this church and said to them, you got to, yeah, that's all fine, Jesus, and, and, and all good. But you, don't forget about the law. You've got to keep that as well. And Paul's hectic about this. So, so he says, I... Um, uh, what does he say? I have confidence in the law that you will take no other view, in other words, that, than, the, than the grace gospel. And the one who's troubling you, the one who's brought back the law into the equation, the one who's troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. Paul's angry at this guy, whoever he is. He's saying, you, you're going to bear the penalty, whoever you are. He's passionate about this, and there's, there's a righteous anger here. And uh, later on, just, just to end, he says, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. What's he saying there? He's saying, he's saying cut the whole thing off. <laughs> Sorry? More than circumcision. In other words, full circumcision. If you're so zealous for the law, if you want to obey God so much, if you want to be just a perfect, perfect and righteous and holy by your own strength, why not go the whole way? Why not, why not be passionate about this and... and and just cut the whole thing off, because then surely you'll be more holy. It's, it's a bit hectic, eh? And it's, it's, uh, as guys, we, we don't really like the sound of that. 
It's not a nice thing to hear. So he's passionate about legalism, Paul. He's, he's passionate about people trying to earn God's favor and salvation and sonship. As I said, it takes away from the cross. It takes away from the sacrifice. It says, I can add to Jesus' work in my life. There's something I can do that can add to what Jesus has done. And it's, it's so wrong. It's so wrong. Let's turn to Romans 7. Romans 7.1 says, Well, do you not know, brothers, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives? For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But her husband, if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to, to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And it just says it so perfectly. It's almost like I don't even need to unpack this for you. It's so simple, isn't it? It's just so simple. So when, so if, if, if you are still alive, then you are bound by the law. If you are still alive, if your old man is still alive, you are bound by generational curses. If you are still alive, you're, you're bound by sickness. You're bound by your sin that you used to have. You've got all these things in, in your life that have damaged you and, and that have affected you. And I want to tell you that you are dead. <laughs> you have died with Christ. It's not just that Christ died for you, but that you died with him. And isn't it amazing that, that he took all the pain, he took the suffering so that we didn't have to. He paid the price, and yet we get the reward. We died with him, and we rose again with him. And there's, there's, there's no victory in a, in, a, in a Jesus who just died and paid for our sin and then was dead. What kind of victory is that? that what does that prove? Well, then then was, he even, was he even God? Was it, was it even true? Wasn't he just, was he just, you know, what proves that what he was saying? How do I know my sin's gone? But it proves it because he's, he's risen again. And it's historically, it's historically backed up. It's, it's, um, it's true. I honestly believe that this is true. And I know that, that you do as well. That he rose again. And, he, and we rise again with him. We're born into a new creation. We're given Jesus' nature. In other words, our old sin nature, which was, which was bound by sin, which we, in which we were slaves to sin, like I said, we're given a brand new nature. And it's a perfect nature. Are you with me? Awesome. <laughs> so, like I said, the, the devil hates this message of justification through grace by faith and not works. He, he wants to put you back under that yoke. He wants to make you believe that you're not quite there yet, that you're not quite right yet, that he wants to bring shame into the equation. He wants to say, you know, you know God paid for your sin before, before you got saved, but now after you got saved, now you've got you to gotta, you gotta look like a Christian, you know? Otherwise, you're not representing Christ well. And, and of course, that's, that's true. But 
it's, it's a yoke that, that we can be put under. That's, that's, that's this yoke of performance and shame when we mess up. We, we, we keep things hidden. We keep our sin hidden. And, it's, and it has power over us when it's hidden. And uh, I, you know, I'm just passionate about this. I want people set free. I want to see people set free of, of this bondage. And so I, you know, I hope you can understand what, what, what I'm saying. In the, in the church history, this has been a, it's been a, a trend. In the Catholic Church, it's a, the Catholic religion is a religion which says you can buy your family out of purgatory. It says you have to, you know, until you die, you have to do a certain amount of things and, and do, perform all these things. And uh, if, you don't, if you don't measure up, you go to purgatory, which is it's sort of like hell. And, um, and, and, and you can buy your family out of purgatory, if, your, your deceased family. And, and in the Catholic Church, they would, they would have um, bonfires. They would make you put your finger in, in the flames and say that's, that's the, the, the pain that your, your grandfather's feeling. You better pay. You better pay to speed up the process so he can get out. And it's just so sick, man. Seriously, it's, it's terrible. It's, 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 the, it's the work of the devil, and I, and I, I hate that. It's religion. It says, it says Christ is not good enough. Christ's work is not good enough. It's, it's impossible to be as holy and perfect as God without God being holy and perfect for you on your behalf. Let's go to Galatians 4, and this is... This is um, an element of the gospel, which is very Father's Day, <laughs> but it's awesome. It says, in the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. That's the law, that's sin. We were slaves to it. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who, are, who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And I love how when the apostles ask Jesus, teach us how to pray, because they've seen Jesus' prayer life, they've seen how it sustains him, how he speaks to the Father. And, and they, they, say, they say, teach us how to pray. And the first two words he says are, our Father, our Father, not my Father, our Father, what's he saying to them? He's saying he's your Father too. And you've been elevated to a place where you get to sit next to Jesus. You're an heir. You're an heir through God. You get the, the destiny, the, the blessings that Jesus has because you're a son of the almighty living God. And so just to, just to revise here, don't believe a false gospel, please. Don't get sucked into this thing of uh, you know, I just need to do a little bit more. I just need to, oh, I didn't have my quiet time today. I wonder if, you know, I feel so disconnected from God right now. Do you know that that's all in your head? It's all in your head. You, can't, you cannot be disconnected from God if you've received salvation. If you've received Jesus, you cannot be disconnected from God. Jesus took away the sin that separated you. Do you think you can put it back? You can't. It's not about works, it's, it's by grace through faith. And I also don't want us, like I said, to get caught in a pattern of self-condemnation and guilt. It's not get saved and then do all the stuff so that you can be 
all right. And, I, and, and I'm, not, I'm not speaking a message of passivity. Um, if, I, I believe that, that if you're saved, you'll want to work for God. You'll, you'll want to do the things that's, that he wants you to do because you've been given Jesus' nature. You've been given the mind of Christ. And so what Jesus wants, what Jesus' desires are, those become your desires. Do you, do you desire sin if you have Jesus' mind? No, you don't. Because does, does God hate sin? He does hate sin. So why would, he, why, why would you enjoy sin? Why would you like sin? Why would, you, why would this message enable you to sin if you don't like sin? If you don't want to sin, then why would you want to sin? <laughs> and so, you know, there's a... People, will, people can, can say that this is a dangerous thing to say, you know, it doesn't matter if you sin, you're still justified. It doesn't matter if you sin after you say it. People can say that's a dangerous thing because it enables people to sin and it enables people to, to just do nothing because the work is finished. But I don't believe that. I believe that if you've been given Jesus' nature, if you truly are saved, then you don't want to sin. And, and yeah, I, I, think, I think if you're saved, you know that in your heart. That's, that's, you get convicted when you sin. In fact, you feel guilty. And uh, sometimes, yeah, what, what I've learned, one of the things I've learned is that a key to the Christian faith is, of course, you repent when you sin, but a key is forgetting about it as soon as you can. Because we can get caught in this thing of like, ah, oh, I sinned this morning or, you know, wh- whatever it is. And now, I'm, now I can't minister or now I, I can't speak to God. I can't worship. And, and God's already forgotten about our sin. He's removed our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. And we're still clinging on to it. And I'm, I'm not saying that, that you don't repent. But as I said, if, if you're a Christian, I, I feel that you, you'll, I think that you will be convicted and you will repent. So I just want to, I want to speak about a, a revelation that I, that I have come to recently, that, that God's given to me recently, and it fits in with, with this message as well. And it's a, it's a revelation of God's nature, and uh, it's a revelation of, of his, his justness, his holiness, his, his purity, um, that coexists with his mercy his merciful nature and his graceful nature. And so sometimes if you, um, so I, let me just speak about myself. I love justice. Um, I think it's something that, that God's put in me and I, I think it's, it's in every one of us that, that we do love justice. And uh, if I can just give you a sensational, sensationalized example just to demonstrate that you do love justice. If my 12-year-old sister, and I know this is heavy, but if my 12-year-old sister were to get raped, that man, I, I would want justice to be, to be served. I, I would want some sort of retribution. That can't just go, that can't just disappear into thin air, surely. You know what I mean? And um, in other religions, like um, if we talk about Islam, if you ask Allah for repentance, he forgives you. But where's the justice in that? Where's the basis for that? How can he just forgive you? How can your sin just disappear into thin air? What kind of God is 
just, just um, forgives sins with no, with no backing to it. That's not a just God. That's not a God who, who is fair. And so if you look at a judge, and you, you talk about a, a judge who is 100% just, fair judge, then every time someone comes in, they've done something wrong, they get their fair sentence. And if you look at a judge who's 100% fair and full of grace, and sorry, 100% merciful and full of grace, every person that comes in gets no sentence. They say, oh, I understand, you know, you know what, I'm just going to have mercy on you. And there's no justice in that, and there's no mercy in the, in the, 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 the former. Are you with me? Okay, and so there's, there's a way that, that God's orchestrated things, if I can say, in order that he can be 100% just and 100% merciful. And I think you, you know where I'm going with this. It's that he himself came in, in, in flesh, made himself flesh. The creator of the entire universe humbled himself to come down, make himself flesh, to get ridiculed, to battle with with things that, that mere humans battle with. This is God. He himself came down. He was ridiculed. He was hated. He was crucified unjustly on a cross. And he took us and he paid for it. And that's the mercy. And that's the justice. That when, that when we're forgiven, it's not just this random forgiveness. It's that our sin is paid for. There's justice. And yet, we don't pay for it ourselves. And so there's mercy. It's that, it's that the judge has paid for it himself. Are you with me? So I'm just going to read you some truths about grace um, just to solidify this. So the law says do. Grace says it's done. The law has a finger that constantly points to a Christian's sins. Grace has a finger that points to Jesus who took away all your sins. The law says you're wrong with God. Grace is a revelation of how perfect and righteous you are with God. Under the law, sin abounds. Grace came and removed the power and dominion of sin in our lives, and grace much more abounds. The law is a heavy burden with a difficult yoke. Grace is the burden removed with an easy yoke. The law is a ministry of death. Grace is the ministry of life. The law demands from you. Grace gives to you in abundance. The law demands, depends on your performance. Grace depends on Jesus' finished performance. The law says earn the blessing. Grace has earned the blessing for you. You will always fail the law. Grace has already succeeded for you. The law justifies nobody and condemns the best of us. Grace justifies all and approves even the worst of us. So can we close our eyes? If this is a, a message that, that you haven't heard before, or you have heard before, and, and you, you didn't know what to think about it before, but now it's, it's really struck a chord with you and it resonates with you, and maybe you have never received this free gift of grace, and you've... Yeah, you've hesitated, you've known God is chasing you, you know what you've done is wrong, you have guilt about things that you've done, but you don't know how to get to God, you don't know how to, how to get rid of that sin, you don't know how to f get free of the bondage of sin. And, and maybe, maybe that's you and you want to receive Jesus, you want to receive the, the, the sacrifice that he has made, the free gift of salvation, 
and the and the, the new and be born into a new creation through Jesus. If you, if that's you for the and, and you want to do that for the first time tonight, can I ask you to be bold and raise your hand, please? Awesome, amazing, awesome. Thanks, God. Yeah. And uh, the Bible says that that even when when one person gets saved. When one person gets added to the family of saints, gets adopted into, into sonship to, to be the son of the living God, that, the, that all of heaven celebrates, that the angels have a party. And so just a, a last chance, if, if, if you want to do that for the first time, won't you raise your hand? Awesome. Can I just lead you in a prayer and just receive this in your heart and just, just take this as your own as if you're speaking? God, I'm truly sorry for my sins. I repent. I'm cut to the heart about the, the, the sins that I've that I've you know, the, the sins that I've done against you. And Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins, that you came, you became a human, you, you died unjustly on the, on the cross to take all my sins and rose again after after three days. And I receive you as my savior. I receive you as my king. And you are now the Lord of my life. I give my life to you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Let's give those guys a hand because there were about seven people, which is amazing. And heaven's having a party right now. And I'm having a party right now. <laughs> awesome. Can I just pray for all of us? Yeah, so God, we, we thank you that you are both fully just and fully merciful. We thank you that you are perfect, that you are holy, that there's none like you, that we can't be like you even if we try. And I thank you that you've made a way through your own sacrifice for us to be connected with you, for us to come to you. And I, yeah, we just, I just pray that that, that this revelation of grace will just sink in, that you'll seal it in our hearts, Jesus. That we'll be freed from the bondage of, of the law and of, of trying in our own might of works and just receive your grace freely as you give it freely. I pray that this will become, that this will become solid in our lives and this will bear fruit in our lives as we, we recognize our sonship, as we, we realize just how right we are with you, God, just how much you love us, just how connected we are with you, God. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.